Welcome to our latest episode of the Transformers podcast, where this episode is titled Japan Redux, where we're going to go over the lyrics of the Transformers opening and ending theme in Japan, and read an original Japanese short story that tried to explain the origin of Cybertron and the Transformers. This is Thomas. Hey, I'm Sammy. Let's start right off the bat with the English Transformers theme, which I'm sure nobody needs to be reminded of. Apparently that was created by Anne Bryant and Ford Kinger, and Anne would also write the themes for Jim and the Holograms, My Little Pony, and Inhumanoids. Everything makes sense now. Though I couldn't find anything about the voice, like the guy who actually says Transformers more than meets the eye in the theme and all that stuff. It was just some dude in the booth. They were like, hey, you, we, uh... We need somebody to just say these words. Yeah, I mean, but that I feel like that is kind of, it became pretty iconic. I feel like the way the Transformer fandom is and at cons and people always asking questions and just digging through the IP, I feel like somebody would have figured that out by now or somebody would have mentioned it or something. Probably just one of the regular voice actors that, because it seemed like a lot of other voice actors just did multiple characters and stuff like that, even mm-hmm. though they never really intended to. I'll just start making a checklist. And then when I ask them at every convention, I'll just, <laughs> just start ask slowly, every single one. Every single Transformers <laughs> voice actor. I mean, but that's that's a plan. The Japanese theme, you know, you can fight Transformers. Mm. The, the the name of the song is just called Transformer. So, you know, not hard to find info on when it like when it's a sh- easy when it's a show that only had, you know, one season. But when it's a show that has spawned multiple things. Mm-hmm. The theme was written by Akira Atsu who has written about 35 songs in Japan throughout the 80s and the 90s. Oddly enough, he wrote the Japanese translation of Bob Seger's Against the Wind. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. And apparently he would actually go on to sing because he had one single and two albums, but he mostly wrote for the stage. But yet he also seemed to write 18 theme songs for Sentai and Masked Rider shows, and the only other anime he did was the 1997 Speed Racer theme song, which he wrote. There's a 1997 Speed Racer? Yes. Even after the 1994 American New Adventures of Speed Racer, which I watched as a kid. (laughs) I'm just laughing that he did Sentai and Masked Rider, or Kamen Rider things. That is the tune of this song. Like, it is so 80s, 90s Kamen Rider Sentai. Oh, really? (laughs) Just like, everything's just like, this makes sense. He, he kind of reminds me of how, like, what was it, the one guy, Haim uh, Saban, mm-hmm. like, he, like, he's, like, responsible for, like, a lot of the cartoons and stuff that we watch as a child, and I feel like he's he also wrote a lot of the music for those shows as well, I believe, but yeah, I wonder mm-hmm. if he's kind of, like, the Japanese version of that, he's just, like, got his hand in all the little, like, popular kid shows and stuff like that. Is he a big donor for, like, some political party in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> I still remember reading the the guy in America. God, it's on my Katsukon badge from a few years ago, or Otakon badge. Uh, the guy who actually came up with the idea and created the American Sentai show. Power Rangers, that's it. <laughs> the guy that actually took all that and said, let's do this. Even yeah. though I don't like Power Rangers, just meeting the guy about the process 
Because I remember afterwards, he talked with me and like eight other people or outside the, for like 10 or 15 minutes just more about how he created the series. It's just from a creative standpoint, just doing that is just really, really interesting, even though I have no interest in Power Rangers itself. But I really love like the creative aspect of how they were able to make the show. Yeah, I mean, bringing over that Japanese property and then adapting it and then eventually just molding it into its own thing. And then and filming just, your own American. Yeah, the own American version with the, Amer- the art. Like, you, I mean, obviously you can tell scenes are from Japan or, or, or what uh, what scenes weren't. Yeah. But yeah, just trying yeah. to like, just switch that all up. So the singer... Guys, this isn't a Sentai podcast. <laughs> yes. So for the singer, <laughs> just he, as I was about to go on track... Were you talking about him? We're going on to the right. main point of this podcast. <laughs> so it was sung by... All right, I'm going to start my own power in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So it was sung by Satoko Shimonari. I hope I pronounced that right. She sang the opening and the ending theme for Transformers. And she also did the ending themes to Braves Go Gygar... The opening Gal to... Gygar is the fucking best! Yes, I want to... Gygar. I want to watch all... Gal Gygar, I just said it wrong. I want to watch all <laughs> I just got really excited. All right, so let me talk now. So <laughs> I'm sorry! She sang the opening to A Little Princess Sarah, Robin Hood's Great Adventure, and two themes for The Secret of Akko-chan and two TV dramas. She has four albums and 19 singles from the years 1978 to 1998. And surprisingly, she still had a blog that she was updating regularly until 2012. Yeah, I would never have heard uh, her other songs because I didn't watch any of those other shows. You have and not watched Gal Gygar? No. I know a lot of the designs look very Transformer-esque. And sometimes they're just wholly ripped off from Transformers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and, I mean, reco- and recolored. I mean, yeah, but. I mean, yeah, but. Yeah, it's definitely a yeah, but with that show. <laughs> like, I've only seen it recently and not, I never seeked it out. I just, there's a website called, like, Toonami Aftermath where they just show a bunch of old Toonami shows, but also stuff that's kind of, like, related to, you know, stuff that that audience would watch. And that show is on the, in the lineup in man it is something else <laughs> yeah i've only watched a couple episodes recently but i super want to just watch the dub and they never released that on dvd so so sammy are you ready to read the english translation of the lyrics for you can fight transformer i'm so excited to do this and i'm very concerned because i'm not gonna sing the thing <laughs> that's okay we don't have an instrumental only version otherwise i'd be suggesting we sing to it oh yeah i would totally do that let's just do karaoke on here Break up. Wake up. (laughs) Awakening from a golden sleep, there is a mysterious mind in everyone's hearts, and yet there's only one color of life. Break up. Break up. (laughs) Those are actually sung in English, the chorus words. The desolate planet relying on the breath of Earth's energy so that the deep desire can take off even if the heavens is broken. What? (laughs) Transform. You can fight. Transformer, die the flickering universe's destiny. <laughs> Does it work? I tried. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was gonna. Ma- I imagine like the English translation doesn't exactly match up well with the music. Yeah. Dude, you can fight Transformer, the secret eye that has transformed me. Become fired up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the secret eye that has transformed become fired up. I want to examine this line <laughs> on what that means. This is a, a fan translation, so we don't know exactly how they translated it. Like, cause I don't know too much about translating Japanese to English, so 
for all I know, it's like completely accurate. Or is oh, you mean to tell me remember... there isn't a secret eye in Transformers? <laughs> well, there more than meets the eye. I mean, is it the Matrix? Is the Matrix like a giant eye? <laughs> but uh, Anyways, it's just, uh... it just said it wasn't a literal translation. Sorry. Continue. Okay. <laughs> we hope the only world wake up, wake up. Looking into the clouds of sadness with the mysterious eyes of the blue galaxy. Now, the violence is calling a wind. Wow. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Wake up. Wake up. Watch the horizon, the sparkling energy of the earth. Even it gets sucked in. The sunken ocean will be revived. (laughs) What? Where did the ocean sink to? Inside the earth, I guess. Or Or the windstorm, you know. <laughs> that it's oh god the chorus is different transform you can fight transformer right on the scattered melody of flame <laughs> it's so hard to keep a straight face <laughs> you can fight transformer the two hearts across the time become fired up we hope the only world stay in power stay in power transform <laughs> Are those two hearts? And then it's the chorus again. Are those two hearts Megatron and Optimus? Optimus? Yes. No. Okay, that's you know we don't need to continue. It's just a repeat of the chorus. Yeah. I like the line. We hope the only world, which is the English actual lyric. That's the actual lyric in the Japan song. So. Dang it. Thomas. Hearts across the time. So Thomas, through the ending theme now. Can I make it through? Do you want me to read it, or do I have to make it through? No, just <laughs> Can I struggle through? <laughs> I struggle. I guess the, the ending theme's called Peace Again. Uh, from the faraway meteor resounds, two of heart. There's just no end to the fighting, every time. A mysterious siren rings in the chest, and now Earth is a dangerous zone. Give me now peace again into the burning space Please, just abandon your grief. Being born only for fighting, Transformer. <laughs> oh. That's such a horrible line. Yeah, really your depressing. Li- your life is worthless. You were only born to fight. <laughs> Stupid Transformer. <laughs> the injured, lying in the trap, shake of the dream. Oh, shake of dream. <laughs> Even the soul burns, searing every time. Just tonight, thrill has been escaped from. Has been, yeah, has been escaped from. <laughs> okay, <laughs> And now, Earth is a dangerous zone. Give me now peace again. The violence galaxy. Please, just throw it away. (laughs) Just throw it away. Get rid of it. Just pick it up. The violence galaxy. Please, just throw it away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's my favorite line. All right. Yep. Oh, man. It's going to be your quote if you're an action figure now, right? Waking up just for fighting. Oh my god. Transformers. <laughs> From the faraway media resounds. Two of heart. The injured lying in the trap. Shake of dream. From the faraway media resounds. Two of heart. The injured lying in the trap. Shake of dream. <laughs> this like got really dark. What's funny is oh two of heart and shake of dream are always in English. So is give me now peace again. The, everything else is uh, actually in Japanese. Why is... Didn't the previous song also say... No, it didn't say two heart. It was just it didn't have a reference yeah. about two hearts. Both songs yeah. have two hearts yeah. in it. So uh, yeah, mm. if both of them have mm. it, I'm inclined to believe they're really talking about. I guess it can be like an analogy for Megatron and Optimus or Decepticons Transformer. Uh, what if it's about the two Autobots. hearts of man and machine working together to bring peace to the galaxy? Uh, Who cares why? about humans? <laughs> I mean, that ending theme. 
I mean, it's about peace time. That's what it said, right? Yeah. Peace again. Get but peace. I don't. I didn't get any peace from that. I mean, are they wishing <laughs> no. for peace? They're just tired of all the violence. They just want to throw this away. They're complaining about the existence of Transformers is just violence in the galaxy. <laughs> what did you? Peace again. Give us peace again. Shake of dream, please. I need peace. What? Uh, what do you think of those songs, Sammy? Yeah, no, this is, this is a struggle. This is, I, I have, I'm in the same opinion of, this is really violent. This is, this is kind of sad. I, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't actually recall that theme, so I actually have to listen to that sometime. The opening theme, I remember. Yeah. I don't I don't know if we've listened to that. We listened to the whole ending theme. We just don't remember it because it was... Was uh, it like really slow? It was slow, the generic slow. thing. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have the entire lyrics. I guess I, maybe we can play that, either both of those at the end of the episode or something, like after we're done or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> the <laughs> I still like the first song. You can fight Transformer. That's always yeah. What I'm gonna I refer mean, to I, yeah, I oh, like yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's you... not as depressing. It's just funny. And even if you don't know the lyrics, when you're just listening to it, it just has a fun melody to it. Even though it's about fighting, it's not a nihilistic view of fighting. Yeah. It's like you can fight. Yeah, yeah. It's you like, can do it. Try I mean, there's there's hope in that song. It's like don't give up. You can fight, kind of thing. Break up, wake up. You know, hope. Good yeah. thing you didn't say wake up for from the violence. You know, that might. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, I was sleeping. <laughs> oh, see, oh, uh, uh, you know, it says looking into the cloud of sadness. Maybe it's telling you to wake up from your melancholy and your nihilistic intentions from the last song it's true it's true but it is interesting how the lyrics kind of match thematically even though they're sung completely differently yeah yeah i can agree with that it's definitely this is an opening song and then this is definitely a this is an ending song like hmm, contemplative kind of thing <laughs> thomas is shaking his head <laughs> i'm thinking of that what? line again the violence galaxy <laughs> please just throw it away I'm imagining God rip, uh, like just crumpling up one of the galaxies because he's like, well, that experiment failed. <laughs> Tossing it in <laughs> wherever he tosses stuff he doesn't use anymore. Brief intermission before we get to the reading of The Origin of Cybertron. Sammy, I want to find out your opinion. From the second episode, we went over Shockwave, who is my favorite Transformer. So I want to know your opinion on him as well. So I like Shockwave. He's not my favorite, but I enjoy him a lot. In the G1 cartoon, he's he's all around. Good character, very logical, very Spock. But I have a I have an interesting attachment to him because his voice actor is the same as Ludwig von Drake. Hearing Ludwig von Drake from Disney to Shockwave is a very jarring thing. Who is this Ludwig character? He is the German scientist that's part of the Duck family in the Disney shows. He was the, I guess, announcer, narrator, whatever, from The Wonderful World of Color is his first-ish appearance. Mm -hmm. um, but he appeared a bunch in House Mouse and et cetera, et cetera. But very, very German. I can't do a German accent. I'm not even going to try. But very German and very, like, high energy, very, very kooky, like, mad scientist almost, but not evil. So, well, I it mean, yeah, like right. So, role. like, he does. It, it's very fun. Oh, my God. If you haven't heard Ludwig, you need to you need to listen to that voice and then go back to Shockwave and be like, how? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's it's so jarring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, um, voice actor tidbit. Yay. And then I also enjoy him in TFA because of how different they did make him from the original. I mean, like, all of TFA is pretty different from the original. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give away any spoilers to people who haven't watched it. But, uh, <laughs> sorry. 
Um, brain, you could just cut all this out. Uh, <laughs> just trying to think, or like, yeah. I don't know, present the concept without like, just throwing it all out there. Yeah, well, and also, my roommate decided to take my Rodimus from my desk, so I got slightly distracted. <laughs> what does she need your Rodimus for? <laughs> uh, because he just got a new Ultra Magnus masterpiece. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, unrelated, cut all that shit out. <laughs> He's a fun character. Again, he's not, he's not like on my favorites list. Just, I mean, like he's up there because I just, I love Decepticons, but he doesn't make enough of an impact for me that uh, I would go yeah, buy Yeah, that's it. what I was going to say is like, I guess the little bit I that I know of G1, it just doesn't seem like they spend too much time going back to Cybertron and dealing with well, all. It's one of those where they, every like maybe 10 episodes, they'll have a reason to go to Cybertron and get Shockwave yeah. involved. But I think the reason I just remember him more is because of those early Marvel comics where he was a badass that defeated both the Decepticons and the Autobots all at once. So that's where I probably like him more than just being on the cartoon. Because even though I only ever read the just those six, but it's just like, this is awesome. Yeah, that's the one thing I always just felt is his background and what he can do and what he has shown he's capable of. It just seems it's a waste just to have him back here guarding this stupid gate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's that's... That's why I really like him in TFA for what he does in there. And I'm just like, holy shit. You're not actually just guarding a gate. You're you're doing things. That's... Yeah. Anyways. He, he seems the... like a really competent character that... Yeah. One I... thing that was funny in, in Transformers Prime, Shockwave is, all, is like, <laughs> injured. And then as soon as he gets back to base, he's only been active three episodes. Megatron's just like, Shockwave, you're too valuable. You're never going out in the field again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, so all he does is spend time in his laboratory all the time then, only having to fight yeah. Autobots when they're captured and fight their way to escape. I have a love-hate relationship with Shockwave and Transformers Prime, just because he's such an asshole to Starscream. And I'm just, you, need, you calm down. You need to, like, stay away from my boy. Like, <laughs> go away. I don't know. I mean, of all the people who, that I, if I had to choose between Starscream and another Transformer, probably argue against everybody, but Shockwave would be probably be like number one, where I feel like, yeah, Shockwave's probably, if you just look at them in a vacuum, I mean, Shockwave's probably the better Decepticon. <laughs> no, no, Starscream forever will I mean, be I mean, I don't prefer him. I, I certainly don't, but I mean, he just, Shockwave just seems like he can do it all. So, uh, briefly, what are your thoughts on the Autobot known as Mirage? If you can even remember Mirage from the G1 series. My thoughts about Mirage are a Mirage. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give... I don't care. I... He never made an impact on me. I know he exists. I know he's there. I can recognize him, but... he existed. He, um, I'm he, sorry, that's all I got. Setting him up to be the only character with a character arc who's like deciding to not fight. Trick of, oh god, did Mirage just run away? Nope, he decided to do the right thing and stop all the Decepticons in the end. People didn't have character arcs ever again, for all I know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, we'll find out as we get... I mean, it's it's you gotta kind of squint for those character arcs. <laughs> squint uh, really hard. There's some obvious ones like, hi, I'm Sea Spray. I'm gonna turn into a human or mermaid or something because i'm in love with a human i don't know whatever those those awful episodes are in g1 when we get oh, to those I, what, oh, okay well, i guess we will get to those I'm, all right i've never heard of that I'm, before <laughs> what i'm excited to get to the episode where uh i forgot which robot it was it was it was the red one which doesn't really help um but like a, 
a girl gets a crush on him and he's just like nah man I ain't into this love thing and smacks her and I'm just like you would kill her what yes. like the entire episode I'm just every interaction that this robot? robot has with this yeah, human this, this woman because of smacks fashion. a woman a human yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Kidding. she was she was like you She's better love dead. me because <laughs> please just throw that violence away <laughs> oh uh, but anyway we should anyway. uh so the story we're going to read is called the origin of cybertron to read this text adventure along with us go to allspark.com and simply input sabertron in the search results as s-a-y-b-e-r-t-r-o-n it was written the same year that Transformers premiered in Japan, I think, in Comic Bon Bon. So, we have here, Origin of Cybertron. And there's, like, a lot of sketches, and it looks like interviews and stuff for Transformers, or just all the figures you can buy. Oh, a birth of planet Sabertron, uh, where it's spelled S-A-Y-B-E-R-T-R-O-N. But they tried. let's start with the translation, and we'll each take turns reading a paragraph and see just what some guy who was quickly hired on the spot before the next issue came out to write the origin of Cybertron came up with on a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story behind the home world of the Transformers, planet Cybertron? In this installment, we give an in-depth feature on the planet and the creation of the Transformers. Billions of years ago, a number of planets that were home to the advanced civilization formed an alliance in the name of cultural exchange. However, the mingling of planets whose residents differ in both form and in ideal more often than not leads to war. Occasional conflicts erupting in space become a chronic problem, soon spreading throughout the galaxy. Becoming aware of the crisis gripping the galaxy, ambassadors from each planet assembled in a peace conference, attempting to restore bonds that had grown strained among conflict. After long discussion, a suggestion was made that an observation unit should be created to maintain the peace. This was to take the form of a space station possessing knowledge, power, and a wealth of data. The greatest scientific minds from each planet came together to complete a space station known as Cybertron. Okay. <laughs> Equipped with a massive computer processor, Cybertron was sent into space without incident, and a long period of war drew to an end. So, yeah, we, none of us have actually read this before. We're all reading it. Yeah, I'm already. As we read it. <sighs> However, this piece was not fated to last. The design of Cybertron was too perfect, allowing it to form an intellect and will of its own. In its next step, Cybertron emitted a powerful electromagnetic pulse that drew in nearby spacecraft and satellites, absorbing them into its planet to grant it even more power. What was once a solitary space station extended upon itself into a massive planetary scale, and as it grew larger, it began to affect other planets as well. Due to the expansion of its brain functions, the computer began to malfunction, losing its regulative capabilities and shutting down all access, communication, and other functions. Finally, the Alliance entered into a plan to shut down Cybertron's main computer. What? The project was formulated and put into action, but Cybertron armed its defense mechanisms, a system that prevented the approach of any objects judged by the computer to be incompatible. The Planetary Alliance suffered failure after failure, and Cybertron soon evolved into a force so powerful as to be incomprehensible by terrestrial beings. A civilization built through its mastery of computers had been laid to waste by the single cancerous cell known as Cybertron. Outbreaks of crime spread through the planets, energy and sustenance became scarce, and the life force of the Alliance soon faded into nothingness. The planets grew desolate and still, and an era of darkness enveloped the galaxy. Only Cybertron remained, alone. 
hundreds of millions of years past. Beginning as no more than a mass of machines, it steadily changed its shape over a long period of time, evolving into a more effectively operating form, to what could rightfully be called a sapien planet. It continued, forming metallic mountains and forests and oceans of oil. Even more astounding life forms emerged on the planet. The first were primitive machines, but the life forms showed a steady and deliberate evolution. This was the birth of a super robot life forms, the Transformers. In order to elevate their intellects and abilities to a higher level, rapid scientific and technological advancements were constantly being achieved. Who would have imagined that this process would escalate into a feud among the Transformers? The powerful science of the creation had drained Cybertron's energy resources dry. The skirmishes born from conflicts over energy eventually expanded into a great battle between those who sought to protect and those who would destroy. The destroyers, known as Destrons, sought to continue the expansion of their civilization, even while knowing that the continued extraction of energy would mean their planet's destruction. Naturally, their ultimate goal was to rule over Cybertron and control of the entire galaxy. As for the protectors, known as Cybertrons, they were aware that Cybertron possessed regenerative capabilities and advocated gathering energy from other planets. The viewpoints of the two forces were polar opposites. A long war ensued. Eventually, the battles came to a stalemate, and the Cybertrons initiated construction of spacecraft for exploration. The Destrons had no intention of letting this come to pass. The Destron battleship pursued the Cybertron spacecraft as it launched from Cybertron, and the warriors of both armies were forced into crash landing on an unknown world, Earth. All because of those two asteroids that decided to collide into each other right in front of their ships. Yeah, I, you know. I find this story hilarious. Cybertron was intended to stop war in the process, for some reason decided to gain more power, and then in the end just created machines that did the same thing all the humans were doing, which is create more conflict and war all over again. So, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It also sounds like the movie, I'm forgetting what the movie's called, but it has the line, do you want to play a game? Like uh, that war movie. Games. Yeah, war games. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. <clears throat> So, like, that machine, but, like, in space scale. I just imagine, like, it magnetically attracting spaceships and satellites into it, and then over time just molding it into a planet. It just, like, every time it just, it just goes around sucking up and absorbing them next yeah, to it. Yeah, like I was going to say, like... Like, a, like, imagine, it's like Katamari in space. Yeah, so. I was going to yeah. say, where did all this yeah. oil and stuff come from? I mean, if it's sucking in spaceships and stuff from, from space, I imagine it's probably taking in giant ships full of people and just destroying them cybertron's got no and place they become for fossilized and stuff <laughs> they just become crushed under the heels of the metallic spacecraft so it's... i guess the one big question i have in my head is <laughs> they don't really talk about the origin of cybertron in any of the transformer stuff that i have seen i'm wondering is this accurate <laughs> I... is this close to accurate do they talk about the origin of okay. cybertron they don't ever show how Cybertron was actually created in, I think, G1. They tell you about the people that came there before, like the Quintessons and all that stuff. I do know that in, oh, I think it's the third of the Unicron trilogy, the one that was very bad, so it's it's very forgettable. But I remember at one point, I think, the Cybertron become, like, their Transformer god or something? I, oh, That one was kind of just very boring, so I don't remember much of it. I don't know. Transformers I haven't heard Galaxy anything Force. about... That's it. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about the origin of actual Cybertron, so reading that one was actually kind of a neat take on it. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I'm, I think I'm okay with it. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, it doesn't sound ridiculous. I mean, it, all this sounds like it could happen. It matches up, mostly lines up with what we know. I mean, I guess the only thing I would wonder is if it's a living planet and it's aware and they're aware that it can rebuild itself and stuff. Are they, I guess, modern Autobots, Decepticons, are they able to communicate with the planet? Does the planet communicate with them? How does the the planet feel about them using up all its resources? We'll find out later in the series when you see them go to Cybertron and communicate with the computer on the planet. Uh, Oh. Oh. But I remember in the comic books, in the original Marvel comics, they actually explained that... Unicron and Primus were actually two powerful beings that fought each other and injured themselves so much. And then Primus landed on a planet called Cybertron and converted it into metal. And then the Transformers were basically his antibodies to protect against Unicron whenever he came back. That actually sounds a lot cooler than this did. But but I don't remember. I could have sworn something similar to that must have been used in Galaxy Force. But Galaxy Force was just not a well-written show. Even though, you know, Starscream (laughs) did get to be in power for ten episodes. So, oh yay! So maybe you all want to watch to the that. List. Move, because... move that up to the top of the watch order list. <laughs> yep. You can even see Starscream halfway through the show become a giant Starscream, the size <laughs> of uh, the size of like five Devastators, and try to fight Optimus and everyone. Wow. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah, that show basically became the Starscream show for like the second half. I'm not really complaining about this. <laughs> You will once you have to watch the whole show. <laughs> oh. I'll grin and bear it. You should just watch Armada and and Energon, but for some reason a lot of people don't like Energon, which I, I kind of liked it though, but I didn't like that it was a continuation of Armada, but I did like it as its own thing. One but day I'll watch them. This origin is just, it, for some reason it made me think of the Omega Virus, which is a board game I had where the satellite goes crazy and you the player are going to disarm it but you're a player from a different country and everyone's a different country so you're trying to stop the computer while also sabotaging everyone else so that you can be the country that saved the world my roommate like literally just got that game oh i have it i got to play with its creator at origins 10 years ago that was amazing i got to play I was just like, I got to talk to him about it. I got, but anyway, but this is not a board did game he, podcast. Did he tell you a bunch of cheat codes for it? No. Uh, secret tips? Pro tips? No, he just said that they, I remember him saying that they made it annoying on purpose so that you would want to <laughs> shut it off. Good. And like, the Good. same guy that made that made Mall Madness. So. That one I haven't heard of. Oh, that's right. You didn't grow up in the mid-80s, so. Nope. <laughs> you basically... Hey, guys, I'm going to show my age. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, Mall Madness, my sister had that one. That was like a board game where you have to go buy stuff. I don't know. I can't remember. You had to buy stuff and go on a date with some- and go on a date with somebody. I don't know. This was game- yeah, I, I remember. I mean, I feel like it stuck around for a while. Even Is there a Transformers board game? I yes, I own one. Oh, you do? It's bad. Uh-oh. It's so bad. What, is, is it, it an earlier game? It is before. It it has the designs of Crotch Megatron. So like it was right as Transformers was coming out, and it's a board game that almost plays like Chinese checkers. I think it's yeah. But like the moving system in this game is so bad. I God, it's been so long since I played it. Um, wow. I mean, I Essentially, you're supposed I mean, to get to the I other feel side. Like of the a board. lot of the licensed stuff back then from popular properties, the licensed just, board games seem pretty dumb. I'm just almost like if you if it's so bad that you don't want it, I would like drive over there tonight and buy it from you, <laughs> like because that sounds no, no, awesome. I, 
I want it just because of how bad it is. I do remember this. You are, I'm pretty sure you're just everyone's optimist. Um, and you can be robot mode optimist or you can be truck mode optimist. And I'm so mad because in robot mode, you can move two spaces. If you're in truck mode, you can only move one space. What? Uh, no. Where's the logic? I have no access to look while we're recording. I wanted to type in board game geek and actually look up transformers and see how many transformers board games there are i'm surprised that they don't have as many video games as they would as a franchise like this it's only got like six i can video talk games. about the but we can also talk about video game transformers in another podcast. yes i know what you're saying <laughs> i'll probably cut this whole thing out then and just go right to the end but yeah I'm sorry <laughs> but yeah so do you guys have any final thoughts on the origin of cybertron did you think it was pretty original way of trying to come up with an explanation as for why robots are alive and living somewhere? Yeah, I mean, for somebody who didn't, who probably didn't know what the heck a transformer was, and they're like, hey, and given a tight a, deadline, hey. especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did a good job. Yeah, like, I think that I, is. Yeah, I think that was perfectly fine. It kind of fits in. I'm not like raising an eyebrow with some of the other stuff that we've read and. Like yeah. even like, their like official books that they put out, uh, those kids yeah. books that we watched, uh, read. I kind of want to put this after making my continuity list of watching after the first three episodes, you do the show, the manga, the first eight page manga, and then this. And as long as nothing we read in the future contradicts this, it'll just stay there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it. Like, yeah, there's not really, from my experience, there's not a lot that just talks about the planet Cybertron and its origin and it's, it's yeah. creators apparently. I mean, you'll find out more like things in it that like give the Transformers life and all this other stuff but not how those were created in the first place either. I know there's all kinds of supplementary material in Japan where they're just like, this happened because this trading card said so, and that now retcons this episode, and I'm just like, oh, dear God. (laughs) Oh, Japan. So that was our Japan Redux episode. The next two episodes, we'll be reviewing episodes four and five of the G1 cartoon. So signing off, I'm Sean. Thomas. Starscream! That'd be Sammy. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks to Allspark.com user Hydra for the translation of this Origin of Cybertron story. Welcome to the next episode of our Transformers episode... Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Start over. <laughs>